Hi, I'm Ina Kerr. And I'm Maggie Brereton. Welcome to Deal With It, our thoughts on business and deals. For our first episode, Ina and I shared our story with the executive MBA students at London Business School. Thanks to Paul Drew for the invite. Here we go. I'm really very pleased to introduce um, uh, Ina and Maggie here from EOS Deal Advisory. There's a different way of doing things. There's a different way of running a business. So they're going to tell you about their way of doing it. And I think it sounds pretty radical, pretty cool, actually. Very, very different. So um, I'm just going to hand over to you. Thank you very much. Uh, Morning, everybody. Um, So we'll do introductions. We'll probably give you a little bit of facts of where we're up to. And then we were going to set out... We don't have the magic formula yet, (laughs) early days, Uh, but we'll probably set out some of our learnings, key learnings so far, our painful learnings so far. So I'm Maggie Brereton. Uh, I was uh, head of transaction services. So that's sort of doing diligence and helping people do deals. Hi, I'm Ina Kerr. I'm I'm Brazilian, actually. Uh, I'm married to Dane, hence my name. Um, nobody guesses when I'm from, so I might as well tell you now. A bit different from Maggie that stayed in the UK for all her years. I did five countries. I moved out of Yorkshire down to London. And that's, that was enough for me. That was enough for me. I led the integration and separation team uh, in the UK, which actually what means is that while Maggie does numbers and theoretical plans, I'm the person actually sitting afterwards with the companies, actually making them happy. Happen, not happy always. Um, and so I stay much longer in a client and I have stayed in clients up to two years, actually helping them either carve out a piece or integrate two companies together. Our sort of journey is one of, from being 20 year accounting caterpillars to suddenly six months in a little cocoon to bursting out to being newly formed butterflies. And we're just at the stage of sitting in the sun, drying our wings. So that's, that's kind of where we're up to. Uh, we then did our six months uh, garden leave, during which we had lots of cups of coffee, glasses of wine, and a few strong gin and tonics, particularly as the FT articles uh, came out. Um, uh, and did a little bit of planning. And we had by then decided, yes, we would definitely set up EOS and then it was a matter of how Uh, and we got to the point now we launched on the 1st of October we have been busy recruiting we have been running around talking to clients uh, who are all very excited and very positive about what we're trying to do just really understanding around what the market looks like for us and where we're going to fit into that market as a competitor to the big four. Yeah, and I think the first thing that uh, strikes us in the, the, in the path that we had in the last month is fear. Uh, and that's the first question everybody asks us, right? You're going to market right now against the big four. You're like, nobody's, aren't you afraid? And the interesting piece is that we are not afraid now, honestly, but we were so afraid of leaving our jobs. It took us months of thinking do we, dare, do we dare going? I have three kids and I have a husband and you have a whole life that you want to keep going. But also a lot of your status, right? You work so hard for that career. So we were so scared to leave our jobs. And that's what the only time throughout our journey that we have been scared. Um, after we took that decision, we actually were never scared anymore. 
And at that point, I, I used to, um, I follow Will Smith on Instagram. I don't know if anybody does that. And he went skydiving because it was his biggest fear. And I thought it was really interesting when he explained he was super afraid the whole month before. And he was more afraid the night before. And he didn't eat for like a couple of days because he was so scared. And then when he was in the airplane to jump, he was trembling. And then, you know, they ask you to count to three and then they, they push you on two because if it was on three, you would hold, <laughs> right? And then suddenly when he is parachute, uh, with no parachute, just literally going down, he was not afraid anymore. So th at the point that you realize that you should be most afraid, you're not. So I think the biggest learning for us is that the, the, the status, the, our ego was the biggest barrier for us leaving. And when we got over that, then everything else was easier compared. And I think for us, um, one thing that counted a lot, and we have, we'll speak about it more as we go, it was the fear of failure. We were so afraid we were gonna fail. Because when you go into those very big corporates and consulting firms, the fear of failure is enormous. So that's why they have so much risk management. And so you actually don't innovate, you don't do anything different. And I think when we got over that, everything else became easier. My father, via my sister, sort of summed it up and said, because he didn't say this to me directly, uh, said, oh, I'm really worried about Maggie because uh, how's she going to get another job this close to 50? And I was like, and, yeah, but that's the thing, because it was such a status thing that I was so secure and all the rest of it that that was, and so did he see that I had failed by leaving this? And was, so, so we got over that. Yeah, and my family was a bit different because you know, they live in a small town in Brazil, so you can imagine they cannot really relate. But when I told my parents, the comment was, it's okay as long as you don't tell your grandmother because I'm not sure she can survive the news <laughs> that you don't have a job anymore. That we were, had been in a 20-year bubble. And it's quite hard to know that you're in a bubble when you're in a bubble. But when you step outside it, you're like, oh my God, what a bubble. Um, and, and not only in terms of the sort of people that we meet because of our jobs, most people think, wow, you go into so many big companies, you meet so many CEOs and M&A directors and chairman and da, 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 da. We spent a lot of our six months off meeting lots of different types of people to pop our bubble and get out there and, and realize that there is so much else going on in the world outside your own sort of corporate uh, environment. Uh, so we met a 22-year-old, he described himself as internet, no, startup guru. Uh, anywho, uh, he, so we had a cup of coffee with him and he just, without thinking, just looked at us and went, oh, shame on you. And we were like, oh, okay. Uh, but he was right because he just had no concept of having a 20-year career. I mean, we'd been at KPMG longer than he'd been alive. So it was just like completely alien to him. And plus, he was probably looking at us going, oh, you're just like my mom, uh, which is quite horrifying. But, um, but that's a completely different mindset and a completely different person. So we did actually learn quite a lot from him. But then we went all the way down the other end of the scale as well and met an ex-head of a global strategy house who gave us a really great demonstration of what old school thinking still looks like and that we're still going to have to have quite a large education within the market to get people like that still hold an awful lot of power. So we really spent a lot of time learning about new stuff, uh, uh, learning about 
oh God, we even have to read books on machine learning and things like that because technology will be a huge part of what we do and there's no point us two wandering around completely misusing terms, which apparently we still do. But we have to do an, uh, get back into that way of learning. And, th and that for us, coming out of a corporate and out of a stable uh, environment, you don't, I didn't realise how little I had learnt and how little I had been stretched into what is going on in the real world out there. So that, that was a super use of our six months. Especially for me, the, the technology part, the artificial intelligence and what existed and how much had evolved. And I did study computer science 25 years ago. Was that with punch cards? That, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah was almost uh, C programming or something like that. Um, uh, for me, I, the fact that I hadn't followed the evolution of it, it was just mind-blowing is why haven't I? So we spend a lot of our time reading books and talking to people just to learn about some of the concepts that we wanted to implement in our new company, but we actually didn't even know what they meant. And we didn't even know how could we apply at that point. So um, that was quite useful. I think for me, the other point that we have been a big learning for us in, in the last months is change. And the reality is that we're getting used to that everything changes all the time. You know, our life seems a little bit like we d make a plan, we love the plan, we're really happy, our plan gets destroyed, we rebuild a plan, here we go again, we love the plan again, and it, it, it keeps going. But I think accepting things change all the time and living with that uncertainty has taught us enormously. And they can be uncertain for anything. For, for it can be, for example, we had done our first business plan, for example, and we were looking for investors by July-ish um, this year, and we got, went to meet an angel, for example, which was you know, one of those millionaire guys that tried to help you set up a startup. And we only had, he only had 10 minutes for us, so we had to pitch on seven minutes or something like that. And it was really interesting because he completely destroyed our plan, but he made in us, in, in, three, in the three <laughs> minutes that he commented on it, but he made us think differently right away because he said, you know, although he was missing the point, he actually, so were we. Yeah. because he thought about it in a different way that we hadn't thought about. Uh, so we went back to zero after I spoke to him because he said, oh, he's so right on this and this, why we haven't thought about this. So a 10 minute minute changed everything uh, that we had put on paper until then. Um, our technology, we've changed our technology plans twice, completely. Again, we're on the third one. <laughs> Ho hopefully <laughs> is the next one because again, we are learning. So I think for me, is that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to get it all wrong and, and, and fix it as, and, and change as you go, especially if you're creating something new. People will give you the space of saying, look, we thought it was this, but honestly, this didn't work. And it, it, it happened even recently to us a couple of weeks ago, because when we launched EOS in the beginning of October, we never thought we were gonna get the exposure that we do now. We seriously never thought that we were gonna get the press, so many clients, so many people. Just to give an idea, we received 700 CVs. Right? In the beginning, I said, oh, no, I'll do the recruitment to the point. I said, oh, okay, we have to have somebody because 700 CVs. I couldn't go through them myself. Um, and that, uh, for example, we realized because things start happening very quickly, we were moving very quickly. So suddenly we were stressing ourselves and we stopped and said, why were we stressing ourselves? Why are we trying to prove? Are we trying to prove something to somebody? And we'd slow down again because just not because things are working, we need to pressure ourselves to do more and more and quicker and quicker all the time. One of the biggest things, just to pick up on Nina's point as well, of our learning is this level of exposure. 
there is the press exposure and all of the social media exposure, but actually the biggest exposure that we didn't quite fully really comprehend that was going to happen is your professional exposure. It is all on you. And that's not just for us two, but it's for everybody who joins us. It's really easy to kind of hide a little bit in a corporate, but it's, there is no hiding place at EOS. And particularly for Ina and I, because of all of this press and social media, which was completely unexpected in terms of the level of reaction that we've had. Um, I mean, we've absolutely hit a nerve, that's completely clear. Uh, but now we are 100% exposed 100% of the time. And that really is quite a very different thing to try and get used to uh, and understand the implications of that. But actually, having gone through that sort of curve now, we're finding it really empowering because we have nothing to lose. This is us now. We are definitely doing this. There is no plan B. And I think throughout those, all those months, um, we had only three rules. And we didn't write them down, but they were very clear for us during those, 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 the last eight months. And the first one, it was no sudden movements. Because the way we laughed, the way we started looking at the market afterwards and then decided to do EOS, it was very emotional throughout. So we were afraid of having emotional reactions to everything that happened. So for example, when the FT article came out on us, we didn't see that coming. We got told the day before. So there was no sudden movement. So we stay still and stay wait a little bit until things burn out. So, uh, and again, when a, an investor would completely trash us or when we would meet somebody that would say this is never gonna work, we always came and said, well, let's reflect on it. No sudden movements. Um, the second rule is a rule that we're keeping it very uh, tight at this point is that we're married to nothing apart from our partners. <laughs> um, we're very open-minded to whatever and whoever has a better idea than us. And we are ready to change our plans if there is a better way to do it. So really, we are married to absolutely nothing right now. We are, we, we are willing to disrupt as much as we can on, on everything. And that comes to, from small things to, to, to big things. So I'll give an example. The first time somebody showed me an offer letter I looked at it, I said, is that really what people receive when we send yeah, for, the a job offer. for the job offer? You must be kidding me. I that, that's what. And they said, but that's what everybody said, so that we are not sending this job offer letter. We're going to make our offer letter different because I just cannot accept it. So everything is kind of like this now, from again, from the small things to the really big ones. Um, and the third rule, just enjoy the journey. Um, if we make our business plan, we're going to be super happy. If we make 50% of our business plan, we're going to be super happy. If we make 10% of our business plan, we're su happy. <laughs> <laughs> super happy. It's about how we're growing as entrepreneurs, as leaders, what we're learning. Uh, every day we want to say this has been a good day. It was in August, just when we got out of um, gardening leave, when we really said this is it. And I remember saying to Ina, because you know, we had to make a decision, because we had to press on. And I remember saying, it was like, you know when you get on a roller coaster and the little bar comes down, and it's like, 
and I could hear the click click as I said yes we'll definitely do this I was like yeah okay that's not moving now <laughs> okay we are in we are strapped in but it's quite a good feeling and this comes back to this empowerment of like great it's going to be a roller coaster it's going to go down sometimes and your stomach's sort of like <clears throat> 10 yards behind you but then it's going to zip up and and it is it's good and that and that actually is again the liberation of of being able to think that we can pretty much do anything uh, that we want to do and, and so far nobody stopped us. <laughs>